Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. It is Palm Sunday, and I wanted to uh, take a moment and dig into Matthew 21, the story. Simeon, yes, Simeon's ready. You guys go with Simeon to Matthew 21. And um, we're going, we're just going to dig into the story of Jesus coming to Jerusalem. And, and in the midst of that, we're going to weave in some testimonies from the circuit writers where we get to hear what God was doing on their tour, um, how he's been working in them, how he's been working through them. And my hope and my prayer is that we catch vision, that we catch vision for um, how amazing it is to be on mission with Jesus, to live passionately for him and with him and in friendship with him and what is possible for us as as people who just love him and live for him so we're going to start in matthew 21 scripture should be up on the screen here too but um i'm reading out of the niv and here's here's what the, how the story goes as they approached jerusalem and came to bethage on the mount of olives jesus sent two disciples saying to them go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So here is the story where Jesus is um, coming into Jerusalem and, um, and he uh, is revealing himself as king. He is revealing himself as Messiah. And he is, he's um, before their very eyes, he is fulfilling this prophecy that had been given by Zechariah in Zechariah 9. And we see the prophecy here that um, the king, this one that you are waiting for, this deliverer, the one that you are longing for, uh, to deliver this nation of Israel, to deliver the Jewish people, um, that he is, he's here, he's arrived, he is on the scene, and uh, he's coming, and he's revealing himself as king, and he is the one they have been waiting for. And as he comes, he is uh, fulfilling this prophecy that he is the king. But here's what is amazing, is that he is coming into the city on a donkey, and not, not just a donkey, actually like the baby donkey, right? Not even like the like biggest, strongest donkey. And, and at first you kind of think of this and you're like, uh, you know, usually when someone is coming into the city like this, like a Jerusalem, big city into a crowd of people as king, he would, you would expect him to be on like the war horse, on like the, the strong, like glorious looking animal that would represent the strength of his rule and his majesty. But here he's coming in on this baby donkey 
And you would think, well, maybe he was just like looking around, like, where's the nearest animal that can escort me in? No, this was planned, right? Like he's telling the disciples, you have to go get this specific animal for me to ride in on. And what I love about this is it reveals, again, the ways of the kingdom. It reveals, again, the, the ways of our king that he comes, he comes and he, he doesn't usually come like the way we would expect him. That the way that the world would expect of him or the story that the world or the crowd might write of him. That he comes in humility. He comes in honor. He comes serving. He comes laying down his life. And so he comes in. He comes in on this donkey. And, um, and I was just thinking about this. And I was thinking, you know, how many times, how many times have, have I expected Jesus to ride into my life or ride into the church or ride into my neighborhood in one way? And I'm looking for one way. And so many times, remember, God says, he tells us, not to conform to the pattern of this world, right? I come in another way. And so um, I, I wanted to highlight with our circuit riders, I wanted to highlight how maybe God has come in on this tour, how he has come in on their mission in unlikely ways, in ways that, that you would, maybe if you were looking for something else, you might miss this glorious king. And so Simeon, you're gonna be our first, our first storyteller. Yeah, will you, will you tell us a little bit about how Jesus uses the donkeyness of your life to show off his glory? Okay. Hello, hello. Well, number one, I like a donkey and am kind of stubborn. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Very nice. Hello, guys. Uh, yeah. Man, um, so we were talking the other day in the car about just this whole idea of how sometimes we expect Jesus to use, um, come in on like a war horse or something like that, but then he totally doesn't. He comes in on a donkey and how it's so unexpected and how like we expect God to do something one way and he totally does it another way. And um, I thought I would just tell you just a little bit about me because I really am kind of a perfect example of this. This is like, I've never spoken at a Sunday service before. So this is, this is fun. But just like a, a donkey doesn't have military training or anything like that. And isn't um, a king's horse, doesn't have any training. That's a lot like me. I've never done any of this before. Um, and I'm just traveling the United States right now, preaching the gospel wherever I can. And, and I just want to talk about... Um, how a lot of times, honestly, sometimes we disqualify ourselves from being able to go out and we put that task on someone else. And I'm here before you telling you that Jesus doesn't always work like that. And how sometimes, like, we just submit to him. In, in Mark 11, verse 2, it talks about how this donkey was uh, had never been ridden before. It said, Jesus tells them to go and, and get this donkey. And he said, it's never been ridden before, which means it was unbroken. And usually when you ride an animal for the first time and it's unbroken, it'll buck you off. It'll, it'll fight back. But how this animal submitted to the authority of Jesus and how sometimes like we expect God to use one thing, but he wants to use the broken nothing. But when you submit to his authority, he'll let you ride in with him and share in the glory that he's doing. And all of a sudden you literally get to be the bearer of the Messiah and like, guys, I'm just some 19-year-old kid from California 
that, like, you know, last year was, like, broken, lost, um, just horrible, living in, like, the worst lifestyle ever, and God just wrecked me and saved me, and and now he's using me in the weirdest ways. And, like, two days ago, I was at a church talking and, like, shared the gospel, and seven or eight people gave their lives to Jesus. But that doesn't come from excluding yourself because you think you're not what God wants to use, you know? Like, I'm so scared every time I get up on stage or, like, even before we were playing worship, I was like, ah, I don't know if I can do this. But if you give God your yes and you submit to the authority of, of the one who actually holds all the power in his hands, like, he will use you, and he will use you so magnificently. And you get to literally, like, carry the good news of Jesus on your back everywhere you go. Anyway. Awesome. So good. Good job. Yeah, so if you are thinking, you know what? I haven't really been through, like, a, a, a training on how to share the gospel. I haven't really been equipped. You know, if you're thinking like, you know what, I've really, I've never had a mentor who's like laid hands on me and commissioned me to do these things. If you're thinking like, you know what, I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't have Christian parents who, who read the Bible to me or taught me how to pray. You know what? I think that the Holy Spirit is saying today, perfect. You're the one. Perfect. You, you're the one who will carry me in my truth right? You're the one who will allow me to imprint who I am as Messiah and the truth of who I am in this moment and carry me to the crowd, carry me into the heart of the, the city, your city, right? So uh, I, I really have, I've been around the church for a while and I think this is the one thing that really breaks my heart is how quickly we disqualify ourselves. How quickly we say that's for someone else. Someone else is going to, will do that. Someone else will have that place where Jesus is just saying, you know what? My Holy Spirit is poured out to enable you, to equip you. Like that, that we, those other things, honestly, in some ways, they're like a false sense of, of self-sufficiency, right? And, and the Holy Spirit is just saying, no, I, I, like this means I want the broken ones. I want, I want the ones who, uh, who don't already have preconceived ideas of me haven't already figured it out and will allow me to, to come in truth. So um, that's, that's one thing that I really want you guys to take away with today. Okay, so that, that's the first thing that we see in this story. The second thing that we see is that Jesus, as he, um, as he was coming, the, before he could enter into the city, and I want you to think about, guys, um, the city, the crowd. I want you to think about um, how this would be like your, your city. Like um, maybe your city is your workplace. Maybe your city is your family or your neighborhood, or uh, a group of friends that you ride bikes with. I don't know. What do we do for fun? Hoverboard. I don't know. What do we do? Those things. Um, that, that, that's your city. That's your city. And Jesus wants to come into the heart of the city, your city. But in, in order for him to come in, that uh, we see that something else happened, that people had to, they laid down their, their coats, right? They laid down their coats on the donkey. They laid down the crowd. It said, lay down their coats on the street. And, and I think so many times um, there is this idea that Jesus really wants to come into view into our city in the crowd. And he's, he's waiting for some coats to come off. 
He's waiting for some places where we're like, yes, I, I'm going to lay this aside so King Jesus can come into view in my city. He can come into view through my life. And uh, so I, I was asking some of the circuit riders if anyone had a story of something they had to lay aside in order to um, bring Jesus into the city, bring Jesus into the crowd. And Karen, you, you have a story for us where you're going to share. Yeah, what Jesus did, what you had to lay aside. Something that maybe you had to overcome to bring Jesus close to people. So here comes Karen. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so good to be here. And yes, uh, Mary was asking us for some, uh, Molly, sorry, was asking us for some stories. And honestly, even if I'm, as I'm sitting there and we're talking about Jesus coming into the city on a donkey and people laying down their cloaks, I just think that it really comes from a place of seeing who Jesus is, like recognizing who he is and his worthiness. And from that place, we're able to lay down our lives and lay down our cloaks. And it's so awesome because it's just surrendering to that. And as we do that, we get to be part of the story that he's writing. You know, like as people were laying down their cloaks, they weren't just watching him go by, but they actually took action and they stepped into it. And they were able to be part of that story. And just like as our team of circuit riders here, we get to be part of the story of that Jesus is laying out in all of these cities that we're going to and seeing him come through and seeing, you know, his power. Um, but it just took us like stepping into that. And for me personally, uh, you see me here today, but, um, you know, like our cloaks look like could look like so many different things. It could be external and it can also be internal things. And for me, it was a little bit of both. I, um, was working for an accounting firm before joining Circa Riders and God called me to missions and, um, against popular opinion of not leaving your job, you know, I just said yes to that call of God in my life because I felt it so strongly and was like, Jesus, you're worth my yes, you're worth my everything. And so I left my job to join this team. But even more than that, it's just every day choosing to see God for who he is and truly surrendering our hearts and even being up here, like sometimes we're at, we have to share the love of Jesus. That's why we signed up. And sometimes it's hard. Um, I've been hit with some fear of failure and um, it's something that gripped my heart for a little bit, but I just had to realize like, God, you're so worthy. And how can my not lips shout Hosanna? How can I let fear of failure, fear of man or rejection, whatever it is, hinder me from doing that? And God is so good because he just gives us the strength and power to do that. You know, it says, the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tries to come and steal our joy and, and our calling, but God came to give us life to the full, and we just have to step into that. You know, he's coming in, and he's laying it down for us, and we just have to step into it. And there's nothing that is worth more than that, because, yes, we lay our cloaks down, but as we do that, God says, you can pick them back up. Like, we cannot outdo God in generosity. Like, when we surrender and lay our lives down for him, he's just so kind. Um, and fills us and, and we just find everything in him as we do that. And so it's just been so good to do that, but yeah. I'm just going to ask a follow-up question. So as you 
laid down and surrendered, like really your job security and finances and all the things that come with that? How have you seen, like what specific ways have you seen God, um, you know, repay? You, can, you know, Jesus says like, you're going to leave fields and houses and brothers and sisters, right? He says that to us, but he says, I'm going to, I'm going to bring back. So how have you seen God bring back or, um, repay? And I know I, a lot of this is eternity, right, guys? Like, we're just glimpsing the return. But can you share a little bit about that? Definitely, yeah. So, especially with something like leaving a job, people were always like, what are you going to do for money? Like, what are you going to do? And I'm just like, I don't know. God's got it. Like, he's a provider. That's his promise. And throughout the story, I've just seen him come through. And I've never been in need of anything. He's just supplied everything. Um, but more than anything, it's just, like I said, so beautiful to get to come to the, these cities and see them break open for Jesus and see them come to like, see who he is and just see so much unity in the body and seeing lives transformed by the love of Jesus. And there's just really nothing better than that. Um, to saying like leaving your comfort of staying at home and seeking Jesus there, but it's like, no, like there's so much more. And there's people that haven't heard of this gospel that haven't heard of his transforming power. And I think like even my yes and, and praying for people and stepping out and seeing God come and heal or come and just um, bring freedom to people's hearts. It's so worth it. I think. Yeah. Awesome. That's so good. And I, I think part of, um, a part of what you guys are doing, it, the circuit riders are going from on tour from city to city and they are planting seeds, right? They're pioneering. They're, they're these catalysts are planting seeds for things that are going to come down the line. And I was talking to Lindsay, um, who led worship last night and she was telling me about how their tour, they actually got to go to the um, upper peninsula of Michigan. And it was the first time that circuit riders had been in the UP. Lindsay, can you just really quickly that story was, I just felt like I was really on that story last night. But Lindsay was just telling me, here comes Lindsay, um, quickly that this was the first time they got to be in this whole area. And so we were talking about, like, again, we, we leave something and what God is depositing and what's to come. Will you share a little bit about that one girl like that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. I love it. Hey, everyone. I'm Lindsay. Thanks again for having us. The Upper Peninsula was so special. Carry the Love has gone to every 50 states, but we had never been to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, you know, the part that's like right over Wisconsin. And I remember during our planning process, just feeling like, we got to go, we got to go. And usually how it works is when we go to cities, it's because there are students there that are um, hungry and asking us to come. So we just open the we just go through the open doors. But this one, we had to dig and we had to ask friends of friends, like, hey, do you know of anyone that loves the Lord in the UP? <laughs> like, like, we're, like, we'll, we'll go. And, um, it was so sweet to see the Lord open doors for us, both connecting us with a friend of a friend for, um, someone who goes to Michigan Tech in Houghton. And then, even the way that the Lord opened doors for housing for us as missionaries, we actually get to stay in host homes, which is so special. Right, really quick, want to honor um, Molly, Mary, sorry, Molly, Mary Kiefer, and then um, Dave and Jessica. Thank you so much for hosting us. Um, and Molly for hosting us here. But so 
cool to see God open housing doors and then doors for even a church in town that we would be able to partner with and build connections with. So it just felt like all of a sudden God was like green light. So we had no idea what we were stepping into. And as we got into the state, we were just like praying just because when you go into new places, you are taking enemy ground. So we were just interceding like wild, like, Lord, what do you want to do here? What do you want to do here? And, um, we weren't sure what it was going to look like. And the first night we, um, had to carry the love stop at a Salvation Army, like a, at a church, not a thrift store, um, at a Salvation Army church <laughs> in the women's section behind the hats. No, um, at a Salvation Army church that had never or hadn't had a service in their building since pre-COVID. So super special the way that God lined that up. And we go and we did a carry the love stop, which is we do worship and share a gospel message. And I don't know, it wasn't a huge turnout. It was pretty... Um, pretty small, but we were like, all right, this is something, this is something we, and then the next evening we invited people to come out and go out and evangelize with us in the town. And then we were going to come back, um, to the church and kind of debrief whatever. So the following night, the, the second night, we come back to the Salvation Army church to meet up for evangelism. Would you guys say that like 30 people were there? Like it, the few people that had come the night before got so lit on fire. They pulled in their siblings and their family and their friends. And they're like, you guys got to come, got to come get some of this fire. So we all rallied again. Um, that second night went out and evangelized. And most of these people had never done that before. And kind of like we were saying, casting off our cloaks, you know, we were just saying like, all right, even if there's fear of man, like push through, like God has something. And everyone came back and they're like, I didn't know that that would be that fun. And I didn't like, um, just the stories were incredible and we just kind of made it an open discussion. Like, Hey guys, this is our first time here, but we want to be able to build connections and build on what God is doing. Like we want to stay connected. What do you want to see happen in your city? And what have you been, what have you been praying for? And so many fun answers. There was um, a guy who wanted to do homeless ministry and it was cool just connecting people with each other. Cause I think part of the reason that, um, maybe revival gets stunted is we don't know who the other revivalists are. We don't know who the other burning ones are. So getting them all in a room was so special. I'm kind of just going off. Is that okay? All right. Amazing. And so it was fun. Like, all right, who wants to be in on this homeless ministry? Like, all right, get each other's numbers. And then, um, there was a girl who was just so burning for women in the upper peninsula. And she said, I just want to start gathering them and just doing life together. And open it up to the room of women who would be interested in that every woman raised her hand, you know? And so they're going to, um, as circuit riders, we have a women's movement called brave love. And so we were able to supply her with a brave love manual and she's going to start doing, going through brave love with the women in the upper peninsula. And then one of my favorite stories, there was, there was a few more, but one of my favorite stories was, was she 17? This 17 year old girl, the upper peninsula is really interesting. It was, um, kind of founded by the Finnish people, and they are a part of a very religious um, sect of Lutheranism called, I don't remember. But anyway, it was just interesting hearing about the religious temperature of the Upper Peninsula sounded very um, stoic. And <laughs> this this girl said, I've gone to every church around here, and just I don't think the gospel is represented at any of them very well. She's 17 and she says, I want to start my own church. (laughs) And this girl gets 
catalyzed into church planting. She's not even graduated from high school and she's going to start a house church. Was it starting this morning? This morning, she is starting a house church. And so, so fun. Just even in her living room, inviting people to come. Would it be okay if we even just like prayed for her house church right now? But I just love what God is doing. He is so ready to move when we um, take off our cloaks and when we invite other people to take off their cloaks. You guys, God is so ready to move. So yeah, what was her name again? Shiloa. Jesus, this morning we lift, up, we lift up the Upper Peninsula to you, God. Thank you that revival is coming for that city. Jesus, I pray a special anointing over Shiloa this morning, Jesus. I thank you for the God dreams that you have put on her heart, for the way that she has taken off of her cloak of fear of man, of um, feeling like she's too young, feeling like any... Um, excuse the way that she's just cast it off and she just said no i would rather be obedient and so jesus we honor shiloh this morning i just pray that what starts in that living room would explode across houghton and would truly bring revival to the upper peninsula of michigan jesus oh would you ride into that town just like you rode into jerusalem jesus as king triumphant with the victory in your hand we love you in your name amen so good all right. So that, again, when we just lay aside our, our, you know, whatever, our reservations and all the things that we, we make, it just, well, look what happened like so fast. Like God can just breathe on something and meet something in that moment. And there's a new church birth. And what I love is this young girl was like, no, I really want to be a part of a church that truly represents the gospel, that preaches the gospel, that lives the gospel, that represents Jesus fully. So, so, so exciting. I love that. Um, so the last thing we see in this story is that we can't help but hear the crowd calling out, just crying out this Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save now. And they are, there's this, I, I feel like there was this collective sound coming from the city. And I don't think they even realized the extent of what they were crying out for, right? Like I, I, they, they are crying out Hosanna and they think Jesus is just going to come in a political way and overthrow the Roman rule um, that has, has been heavy on them. But they are, they're crying out Hosanna and that cry means so much more. And there is a, a collective cry. There is a sound in our city, guys, in our crowd. And in, in whether people recognize it or are vocalizing or not, there is a cry in every heart, save now. God, save now. I can't, I, I can't undo my loneliness. Save now. I can't undo my independent spirit. Save now. God, I can't undo my anger or my bitterness or these patterns that have me swirling. Save now. And I feel like um, what, what happened was is as Jesus came into the city. He was able to connect the father who was longing to answer that cry with the cry in people's hearts. And he came as a bridge, remember, a bridge to, to satisfy that save now cry. And so what I, what I wanted for our last testimony is I want us to, uh, just to hear how Jesus came into the crowd as, as the king who saves that answered that cry. And so I think is Edgar, you're going to, oh, Edgar, here you are. Sorry, Edgar. Yes. Going to do our last testimony. Hey guys, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's a privilege to be here, and it's just, like, it's a crazy privilege uh, as uh, Simeon and, and here Molly was sharing on being that donkey, like, coming into a city carrying his presence, carrying his word and his truth and his spirit. And it's uh, it's insane, just, um, like, this is the first time I do this 
Um, I, I know some people here, like, have done it for five times, you know, like, going around tours and just, like, sharing the gospel and stuff. But in this first time, it, it just amazed me to see uh, and hear people saying, like, oh, we've been praying this for so long. Like, we've been praying this for so long. And it's been such a privilege, um, even, like, right now, just popping out of my head, like, uh, when we were in Green Bay, um, uh, the, the, this kind of like youth group, they were, um, it was, it's like a, a bit of a smaller group and, uh, they were like, they started to pray and ask God like to fill their place, you know, to fill their place of a gathering. And when, uh, uh, I mean, like, it's just a privilege to get there and be like, oh, this, this was our prayer. Like, cause the place got filled, you know, I mean, it was like uniting of a lot of, of places, but the place got filled and the place got lit on fire, you know, just like kids really giving their hearts to, to Jesus. And, um, and it's just insane, you know, it's insane. Like if, if, if we, um, to be used by God as an answered prayer, and we saw this over and over again, even like in, um, in U of M, in Minneapolis, University of, of Minnesota, um, like, uh, they, they were going through like this, um, well, we, we went into, um, a ministry, it's called Chi Alpha, and, you know, they have young adults, and, um, but they said that they hadn't been like such, like, on fire for the Lord, but, um, that they've been like, they were going through this series of getting people wrecked by, like, I mean, the Holy Spirit and just like being enamored by Jesus. And, uh, we were like, I mean, just kind of like coincidentally, of course, it was Jesus uh, at, at the end of it. And people just got wrecked. I mean, just got wrecked because they, they've been asking and crying out to God, uh, for this like revival, you know, for this salvation revival. And we got to see it, you know, just like from sharing just the gospel and just like the power of God. And people were, began to like, I mean, like a girl stood up and she started like yell out. Um, uh, like, uh, what was she saying? Jesus is so good. Oh, God is so good. He's so good. And everyone just started like crying and praying. It was just like this crazy moment of, of just like seeing how, um, God truly is answering the, the yelling for revival, the yelling for, to, for salvation. And I don't know. I'm just like, all this like thoughts are going through my head of like seeing, like, uh, I remember, um, this, uh, a guy that he just started crying, weeping, and I was able to hug him, and he was just like, I mean, in this pursuit of Jesus, um, uh, and, and him being encountered by God, and him, like, laying down his life there in that moment, you know, and it's just like, it's just such a huge privilege to be used as an answered prayer to God, and, um, there really is this, uh, heart cry, you know, and people are saying, you know, there's people like, I mean, it's so true that there is the, the soul, you know, that maybe doesn't fully understand what they're crying out for in salvation. But there's also people crying out literally to the God of salvation. Like, we want this salvation. We want this salvation. And, yeah, it's just so, so huge, like, what God can do with our lives, what God can do with your life. Are you just willing to say yes? Like, like yeah, so it's amazing. Yes. That's so good. That stirs me in two ways. It stirs me to keep that cry going and to, to gather with people who have that same cry, right? And, but then also at the same time to say, okay, God, how do you want to answer that cry through me? Like both of those are thrilling, aren't they? Like both of those places, it's like that, that yes, for the rest of my days, right? Like this is such an amazing place to be. So, um, so guys, uh, we're going to stand up. And um, I'm going to ask the team to come help me pray over you guys. 
And, um, and, and what I, I feel like we get to just enter into that, uh, that cry. And I, I want you guys to put yourselves in Matthew 21 for a minute. I want you to put yourself in there. And, um, and I want the Holy Spirit just to, to come and, and encounter you in a way in that scripture, whether it's you're on that side of like, God, I haven't really even fully released the save now cry that's in me, right? Like make that a, a cry of desperation. Make that a cry that I have to see answered. Let me be a part of that answer. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're like, you know what, Holy Spirit, I, I, here I am in the story and I'm laying aside this specific cloak. I'm laying aside this cloak of fear of failure. I'm laying aside this cloak or a fear of man. Or maybe you're going to be um, one in the story who um, is like, okay, God, I, I see how you come in unexpected ways. And I'm show me this morning. Show me this morning those unexpected moves that you, you're moving in my life. So um, we're just going to wait on the Holy Spirit just for a second. And I'm going to invite the team to come up. But just put yourself in that story. God, eyes wide open. Holy Spirit, eyes wide open to see where we are in this story. And where's the invitation? 